Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 133. And just like that, I serve as your humble and also gracious host, Bryce Isaiah. Thank you once again for tuning in to a brand new episode of It's a, it's a Purple Pants Podcast. If you have not already, please make sure you subscribe to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. We are there. Hit subscribe. Okay. Give your baby boy some five stars. Write a review. And after you do that, consider yourself a member of the Purple Pants Posse. What's up? How is everyone doing? Another week. We are here. We got some snow in Philly. I forgot how much I love snow. Well, mind you, I don't love it, but I like it. I went to sleep. I woke up. We had, I don't know, maybe like three, four inches of snow. So, you know me, had to get up before work, shovel out my car, shovel out my neighbor car, shovel out the steps. And, you know, just like it's winter. It's here. Okay. It get dark at 2.30. So, I, you know, I hope everybody good. I hope everybody over there in L.A. is enjoying that warm weather. Wow us up in the I don't what coast is this the east coast the west coast okay while we is shivering ourselves but listen I had me a really great weekend and by great I mean I stayed in the bed and was watching a whole bunch of series that I normally don't watch but I got into and I wanted to just like talk to y'all about this show that I watched on all day Saturday now, as somebody, I can't remember if who told me about it. I think it was my friend, Dara. She was like, have you seen Station Eleven? I'm like, girl, what is that? I don't, you know, I don't got time for it. I seen Ocean's Eleven, okay? I seen Ocean's Twelve. I don't know if I seen Station Eleven. And it is on HBO Max. And it's nothing too long. It's about a nine miniseries, uh, nine episodes. And they're about an hour long. And Caught me by surprise, okay? Uh, Station 11 is an American post-apocalyptic science 
fiction miniseries created by Patrick Somerville based on the 2004 or 2014 novel Stations 11 by Emily St. John. Um, and the miniseries, it premiered on HBO Max on December 16th. Uh, 20 years after a flu pandemic resulted in the collapse of civilization, a group of survivors who make their living as the traveling performers encounter a violent cult led by a man who's past unknowingly linked to a member of the group. Now, listen, I started episode one and I was like, what the hell is going on? I listen, I started episode one, maybe like Wednesday night, Thursday night. Got 20 minutes in and I was like, okay, I'm a table this. I'm gonna come back to it. Saturday morning, baby boy ain't had nothing to do. So I said, let me just finish episode one. I finished episode one and I just was confused and lost. And anyone that has watched it, you know, it is, you know, when, whenever you are watching a new series, you kind of sort of have to get your bearings. Like, where am I? Who are these people? And I feel like for the first three or four episodes, we're constantly learning about new characters. And the mini series kind of sort of flips back and forth between pre-apocalyptic times, you know, before the flu came. Then we kind of sort of get the first 100 days after the flu came, and then we're in the present time of the main character, who is Kristen, who is this young lady who is a, a theater lover. When we first meet her, she's a child, and she is like the understudy of this actor named Victor. Now, in the first episode, Victor died. And so we like, oh, like we don't really realize how important Victor is, but we kind of sort of make our way through Kristen's life. And it is, I listen, child, by episode three, y'all, I had to tweet. I said, listen, I'm watching Station 11. I'm confused, lost, and intrigued. Now, I don't want to give too much away for somebody that is listening and is going to watch it, but this is what I will say. Uh, commit to it, and you will enjoy it. Because, listen, by episode 9, baby, I was crying. Because there are characters that you, you don't like, and you like, ooh, I don't like him. I can't see him. And then by the end, Baby, you got empathy for everybody. And so it, everything really evolves around this young lady named Kristen. And she is in the traveling theater group. She makes a family. And these are clearly the survivors. Um, and it, it's just so interesting to see the connections and the flashbacks of just her life. And she meets this young guy, uh, the night, the first episode, the night of the performance. Now, mind you, um, Javid. Okay. And he like. The, he's one of her main characters and we I love him now my issue was by the second episode you know Kristen is in the traveling caravan and my, my thing is like where is Javid where he at where what happened to him where did he go so we then later on kind of sort of finds out about him but um uh, this is the little synopsis that I will give y'all because I don't want to give a lot away. However, uh, so Victor, you know, the great actor that Kristen was the understudy. He kind of was like a father figure to her. We understand that Kristen had a rough life. Um, Victor dies during the play. Javiv is there with his girlfriend. Um, and Victor literally has a heart attack on stage. And so people are thinking he's acting. Then Javiv, um, he's like, this man is having a heart attack. 
So he jump up on stage and, you know, most people that jump up on stage, you think are a doctor or in the medical profession. And so he jumps up on stage. Everybody in the audience is like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? He like, this man is having a heart attack. Anybody a doctor? Excuse me, sir. What you mean is anybody a doctor? You should be the doctor. So Victor has a heart attack. And then Javiv meets Kristen and he kind of sort of is like, well, where are your parents at? And he's like, oh, well, normally this lady, she take me home. He like, well, where the lady? They find the lady. And then Javiv is like, boom, he Javiv is at the play with his girlfriend. The girlfriend didn't laugh because he didn't jumped up on the stage like he an EMT, a doctor. She embarrassed. She out. So Javiv is going home and he sees Kristen outside and he like, well, where the lady at? That he was like, she went in the ambulance with Victor. So Javiv being the good uh, person that he is, he's like, okay, well, I will walk you home. So while they're walking home, Javiv's sister who works in the hospital, this is when the flu is hitting and they're in Chicago. The sister is like, listen, get to our brother, Frank, uh, get to him. Lock yourself in there because Ish is about to go down. So he like, what? Like, what? No, I'm not going to Frank. And she like, listen, I'm your big sister. Go. Now, mind you, she, while she's talking to him, start coughing. <gasps> like, uh, clearly letting us know that she's sick because uh, she in the front line. So they get to Kristen's house. Kristen, ain't nobody there. Kristen's like, well, Javi's like, listen, your neighbors are here. Can I take it to your neighbor's? She like my dad don't really like the neighbors. So anyway, Javi goes to the grocery store. Ain't nobody, it's like a Walmart. Ain't nobody in there. Javi buy like 13 cartfuls of food. And the grocery guy is bringing it up. He's like, does this have to do with the flu? And Javi like just get home. So anyway, uh, Kristen and Javi make it to Frank's house. And let me just tell you all this. And this is where I'm just going to end my little recap at. Frank is Javi's brother. I don't know what it is about Frank. Okay. I I could could not put my finger on it, but baby, let me just tell y'all by episode seven. And if any of you have seen it, y'all know what I'm talking about. And if you have not seen it, listen, if, if at all, just watch these seven episodes for when you get to episode seven, because baby, Frank, turn it up. Javi's brother, uh, Kristen's uh, friend at this point, because listen, she's been living with them for 100 days in this apartment. But baby, the way my eyes lit up for Frank in episode seven. Okay, listen, I had to go follow him on Instagram. I said, whoo. But listen, it is really a great story. And I, I feel like I saw a lot of myself in a lot of the different characters, uh, mainly even... What was the one character's name? Uh, Victor had a best. Oh, mind you, I'm saying his name is Victor. Author, not author. So every time I said Victor, I really meant author. Okay, y'all listen. You know it's the Propane Podcast. I be getting people name mixed up. Um, Arthur had a best friend named Clark, and Clark plays a very critical role um in the afterlife or not the afterlife but the the post-apocalyptic times so but I, I really related to author i really related to Kristen. i really related to javiv i really related to the prophet aka tyler um child i really related to author's wife miranda it is just a an interesting world and one thing what i love about a series or any mini series i love when 
it wraps me up in the world. It wraps me up in it. And baby, like, you know, you feel like you're a part of it. Like, cause listen, by, by the end of episode four, I'm like, okay, listen, we committed. We about to watch it. Um, and it really just had me wrapped up and child by the by episode seven eight and nine i was crying so i really think it is great i know y'all like well baby boy you ain't really telling us much i don't want to spoil it for anyone that has not seen it but if you got time station 11 on hbo max baby it's worth your time now let me give you the rundown of this week's episode we got the church announcements and i am just giving you a brief take on what i think of the hbo spinoff of sex in the city just like that then we have brooke cam winner of amazing race season 29 is here to help us break down the Amazing Race Season 33, Episode 1. And then we have our first Purple Pants Premonitions by Gangsta Gurry. We got Freak of the Week. So we got a lot going on, okay? So listen, buckle up. Take your seats, okay? And just like that, we are on to the church announcements. <laughs> And on this week's church announcements, I just wanted to speak to the posse um, and just have a, a chat, a conversation, because I feel like during the holidays, New Year, you know, we're on the road to the better us. We have all of these plans to be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. People that make the New Year's resolutions, their goals, you know, we're like, oh, my God, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then the holidays wear off. And just like that, you kind of find yourself back in the same not great patterns that you were in before the holidays. And so I had wanted to just remind the posse to just be steadfast on the things that you want. The goals keep your eye on the prize. And uh, I had found this quote that, you know, later on in the podcast you will hear. But it says, dear me, don't fall into your old patterns just because they're familiar. Love me. And ooh, did that speak to my soul? Because, you know, there's a lot of times I say, I want to do this, I say, I want to do that, I say, I want to do this. And then I just feel like, well, okay, well, let me just stay home. Let me just do this. Let me not go after what I want because it's familiar for me to just stay in this place. And so I just really want this church announcement to encourage someone to continue to go after what you want, continue to strive for the things that you are deserving of. Don't let this winter solstice, don't let it get in dark at two o'clock, alter your, your energy. And I, although I know it's hard because, you know, I speak upon it every year that it happens. And that's why I just want to be honest and transparent that, like, you know, um, Rome wasn't built in one night and, you know, whether it is something little or like, you know, you're taking big steps, but like every day, continue to work towards your goals and continue to lift yourself up, continue to love on yourself and continue to be compassionate 
upon yourself, but just be aware and just know that, you know, oh, go 2022, new year, who this? I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and here we are week two, and we like, child, I ain't, you know, just be aware of that spirit that is around, and whether it is like one day, you know, every day doing something for yourself that is working towards your goals, whether it's making a list, whether it's drafting an email, I didn't say sending the email, whether it's drafting the email, whether it's making a phone call, whether it's doing two crunches, whether it's doing seven jumping jacks, whether it is reaching out to a friend, whether it is sending a text, just doing something that is on that journey to a better you. Um, you know, just listen, we hold each other accountable here on the Purple Pants Podcast. And so I just wanted to, that was on my spirit, but I don't know who that message was for, but I truly hope you receive it in love. It's a man who, it's a man you, meeting potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a man you, meeting potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. Guess who? It is me again. So I wanted to chat with y'all. I know y'all like, baby boy. You just been chatting us. Listen, we taking it back to the old podcast days, okay? I had saw that they were remaking Sex in the City, a reboot, not a movie, but a reboot, not a reboot, but a, I don't know what you call it, a continuation of the series Sex in the City. And I know that saw this over the summer and even like last year. And I remember um, there were like being reports that Nicole Parker Ari uh, was going to be replacing Samantha. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and then I, I had learned that Samantha Jones, uh, that character would not be coming back. And I'm like, well, how the hell they going to do sex in the city without Samantha? So on, listen, HBO Max. Oh, listen, first of all, HBO, y'all need to call me some because listen, it's the promotion for me. But HBO really does have great series. And so the new show is called And Just Like That, and it stars, you know, Jessica Serica Parker as Carrie Bradshaw. We see Charlotte and Miranda are back. And I, so I'll be honest, I never really got into Sex in the City, the actual show. Now, when I was in college, I used to watch it at night before I would go to sleep or, you know, come home from a little party. Like, if it was on, I would always get into it. I feel like in my college days... The shows that I got into as a young adult were Sex in the City, Will and Grace, and The Golden Girls. Now, growing up, I all, I've seen Sex in the City, Will and Grace, and The Golden Girls, but I didn't, you know, I didn't get into them. I always saw like my mom or my aunt Helen watching those type of shows. But when I was in college, I started to see the reruns and I started to get the shows as an adult. So I always was a fan of Sex in the City, I just never, I wasn't like a religious watcher of it. I've seen all the movies, loved the movies, thought that they were great. So that was kind of really like my knowledge of Sex in the City. So, you know, if you related to Survivor, I ain't see all the seasons. Okay, ain't no super fan, but I seen, I, but I seen enough of Survivor. So I was just curious to know, like, what is this show going to give in 2022, you know, and this is what I will have to say. Okay. Cause I watched the first episode and I was like, Ooh. well, first of all, let me just tell y'all, I didn't know it came out. 
and I was talking to Wendell over the holidays. And spoiler alert to anybody that hasn't seen, I'm about to spoil some so you can fast forward to 15 seconds. Wendell was like, yeah, I can't believe like Big died on Peloton and they, you know, Peloton and Big even did a commercial because it was making the news. And I was like, wait a minute, wait, huh? Who? What? When? And I'm like, have you seen the show? He was like, oh, no, I just, I just saw it on social media. Excuse me, sir. Why would you spoil this for me? So that was really like my introduction into being like, oh, you know what? Let me just get into just like that. And so I won't really give much of what is going on in the season away. But what I will say is that the season is amazing. And I say amazing uh, because I really feel like back when Sex in the City was on, it was very, um, it was a trendsetter uh, for the LGBTQ plus community. It was a trendsetter for like women, women's empowerment in the sense of like, you know, here Carrie is this woman in her thirties. She is unwed, doesn't have any, ch- like, you know, it was just like, it was just so great to see like these characters where people could relate to who she was. Now, you know, some of the criticism of sex in the city back in the day was the diversity. It wasn't really too diverse. Um, but besides that, it really was like just a, a great show, really kind of like women taking hold of like the empowerment of like sex and not being that like cliche thing. And like, you know, listen, you do what you want with your body. Okay. It's your body. Like ain't nobody wants to. So it was definitely a, in somewhat like pushing the edge of the box at its time. And what I will say is that in 2022, the characters are older and they touch upon that. And for me, what I love about it so much is that, you know, we know these women. These are like three white women. Okay. Carrie, Charlotte, and Miranda feel like we grew up on them. You know, I, you, I don't think that they're sexist. I don't think that they're racist. I don't think anything of them. Like, you know, they're almost like friends in my head. However, it is just so interesting. Uh, for instance, the Miranda character. Okay, spoiler alert, she's still with Steve. Her son is in his teenage years and she is going through a midlife crisis. And, you know, she quit her law firm and she wants to go back to school for civil rights. She's seen the George Floyd movement and really wants to do something about it. And what I find so interesting about her character is that I feel like there are a lot of white women like Miranda. And you will see the struggles that like, and by no way, shape or form, do I think Miranda's racist or anything like that? However, you know, her being put into, and she wants to help her being put into new elements that she never thought that she would finds herself being like that white woman that is saying like the inappropriate things, but she's like, oh, I don't mean it like that, but I, I it, it can't like, you know, and it's like, you can like, you, I, I just, you, it, ooh, it's just something about this Miranda character. She's also questioning her sexuality. Woo. Woo. Okay. She also is possibly maybe having an alcohol issue. You know, some people, you know, listen, with the, with us being in this quarantine, this pandemic. How many of us have been, you know, okay, let me have a little glass of wine tonight. Let me have a little beer tomorrow. And all of a sudden it just becomes a pattern. And then we're like, how do we get here? You know, so like those are a lot of the things that we are dealing 
with Miranda. And it is just like so refreshing to see this because for me, it's like conversational pieces for, I just, I know so many people in my life and my work that will say offensive things to me. And I'm like, girl, you know what you like, you know, Oh, I didn't mean it that way. I didn't like, you know, and again, it's, it's the education, it's the exposure, it's the, the knowledge. And so to, to see that from the character like Miranda, I think is amazing. Then Charlotte, y'all know Charlotte, Miss Perfect, you know, she's still married. She got her two kids. And for me, what is so interesting with Charlotte is that one of her daughters is experiencing change. And, you know, she's like 11 years old and she doesn't feel like the pronouns fit her. And it is so interesting to see Charlotte, you know, this character who always has been surrounded by gay men and has loved the LGBTQ plus community. But then when it happens to be your own daughter, you know, y'all know where I'm going with this. okay? because I got a lot. I know a lot of people. They love the gays. Oh, yes, child. Oh, I, oh, Chile. But then, mm, listen to me, posse, because this is hitting home for me. But whoo! But then, don't let uh, your child be on the spectrum of the LGBTQ plus. Then all of a sudden, it seems like <laughs> oh, 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 everything of what you thought now is different. Mm, mm, excuse me, y'all, because. Just going through a little situation in my own personal life. Uh, But it is interesting to see a character like Charlotte navigate this. And again, it it touches on your own bias. It touches on your own insecurities. It touches on your own things of like, uh, am I a hypocrite? How can I say I love Bryce? How can I say, you know, but now my own child, not my child. Oh, I love it for Bryce, but not my child. Ooh, (laughs) y'all. When I tell you, it's so interesting. And then with Carrie, um, we know, and again, spoiler alert, Big has died. And we've seen Carrie all throughout Sex in the City being this single entrepreneur, being this like, you know, living her own best life. Then, you know, she gets big. And, you know, it's kind of sort of happily ever after. You know, and and that's what we kind of sort of think of. But then Big dies. And then it's like uh, Carrie has to go through uh, figuring out who she is again. And then, you know, in the death of Big, how many times y'all, you know, you go through a little shmangle-mangle with your partner and then you get the partner and then, you know, it's like, oh, all is forgotten. Like, oh, my God, they're the best person ever. Uh, But, you know, now the fact that Big is gone, Carrie kind of also has to come to the realization of like, well, first of all, how you got the man? Okay, let's talk about that. Also, was he that great of a man? Like, you know, and then there are a lot of different things that come about with his first wife and really Carrie having to rediscover herself. And, you know, Carrie was a writer and, you know, not that writing is the art, not that the art form of writing is dying, but, you know, magazines, papers, a lot of them are going online. And so Carrie is, guess what? Okay, Carrie is now podcasting. And you know how free Carrie was writing in her column. She's not as free talking about it. And so it is just interesting. And then Carrie has a boss uh, named Shay, 
who is a non-binary person and, you know, the relationship with Sherry and Shay and then also the intertanglement of Miranda. Listen, y'all. Then we have Nicole Parker Irie, okay, a black woman kind of sort of stepping into not Samantha's shoes at all, but she is a friend of Charlotte's. And I love the role that she plays a powerful, influential black woman, something that we never really saw a constant on Sex in the City. We now see this. And then there is this other character, a woman of color named Seema, who is Carrie's realtor. So it's just such a good, 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 good show. Um, and also, if you guys remember uh, Carrie's best friend, Stanford, which is really sad because in real life, Stanford died. Rest in peace to the actor, uh, Willie Garrison. He was iconic and major. Um, so his character is on the show. And then he is, they kind of sort of, I don't want to say send him away, but they, you know, Something happens, and then it's interesting because uh, Stanford's partner, Anthony, now is kind of sort of having a more present role in the show, and it's just so interesting. But again, I'm just saying this to say that if you didn't watch Sex in the City, don't feel like you you need to have watched it to watch and just like that uh because i think that and just like that is so current and like present in the times of the things that you are seeing today that listen you might see a character that you know in your real life show up in this show and it's so interesting to see how they navigate it so i just wanted to just talk to the posse about that because i i listen like i said before and i'm gonna say game i wasn't a huge fan of sex in the city i saw it casually you know i went out and saw the movies and you know loved it and so i was skeptical to kind of see what and just like that is given but baby for me now every thursday hbo max where is that new episode because it's like you see the evolution you see it it's almost like you see and and to see the women um embracing their age and with age you know you you change your looks it, it's just for me a a really good show uh and i i can't say enough about it so listen if you have not seen it posse get up on it if you've seen it let me know what you think about it um i think it is great i listen let me know in the comments tweet me get at me if i didn't set a character wrong or, or a situation wrong y'all know y'all y'all will let me know but if you have not i definitely would highly recommend you guys getting on just like that Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If it's a menu, roll it. If it's a menu, roll it. If it's a menu, roll it. Keep, 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 keep it rolling. And we are back this week. Listen, it's a amazing race week. Okay, episode one of season thirty three premiered last Wednesday. Okay, we had a two hour special, and so you know I have to bring my boo, the winner of Amazing Race. Now I'm about to mess the season up. I'm about to say twenty nine. Am I right? No, you're not messing it oh, up. Oh, twenty nine. Brooke Cam High, aka my Brookie Poo. Hey, Brooke. Hi, Bryce. How are you? I- 
I am good. How are you? I'm I'm great. I am going to just start by saying one of my New Year's resolutions was to be like a more positive version, a more Bryce-like version of myself. So I am going to try to focus on all of the good things from these episodes, and we're going to see how long that lasts. So... Well, listen, you know, as positive as I am, I also have a spicy Bricey. Yes. So listen, Caliente Brooke can come on out if she needs to come on out. But I just want to give a huge shout out to my friends Angie and Sarah, who were like texting me during Amazing Race. Like, oh, I'm watching because of you and Brooke. I was like, yes. Yes. Hi, guys. So let me just give you my overall initial like response to the first episode really is two episodes but the first episode was that I really like the teams mm-hmm. like I think that such a diverse cast they all have great personalities there's only one team that I was side eyeing okay I, and we could get, get uh, we, <laughs> we could get there when we get there okay. I also think that in our like little preseason it's a look of the amazing race I was spot on about two of the teams okay I think that I was wrong about one of the teams, but for the most part, I think we pretty much got it, got it right. Who were you spot on about? Who do you I know? was spot on about Akbar and Sherry. Uh-huh. Cause I was like, I see him being like the husband, like, come on, Sherry, let's go, let's go, let's go. Pick it up. Okay. And all of the first leg, come on, Sherry, you got another one in me. Got it. Sherry was like, this is the one that I have in me. Okay. I felt, I felt for so Akbar and Sherry, for anyone who didn't listen to the you know the pre look, these two are the saints that are feeding kids in yes. a black neighborhood in New Jersey that Oprah found out about and donated a half a million dollars to this program that keeps gun violence down and kids off the street. And I love them. I love them. I love them. I yes. love her. In my notes, I loved her. However, the one thing that I do like about Akbar is that he is being hard and us as viewers like see that and we're like, oh, but I, I can think of like when I'm like working out or I'm running and sometimes I need a person to like pull it out of me. Pause. Yeah. But like, you know, like and I so I, I appreciate it about that. But listen, sir, you ain't running too fast yourself, Akbar. OK, well, there's there's a rule. You're not actually allowed to be more than 20 feet away from your partner so he's sort of hamstringed by how slow she goes how slowly she goes so but and he did mellow on on episode two he mellowed he listened i I can appreciate it they have a good like a good rapport good communication but in the beginning he was a little you're letting everybody down and and that resonated with me and i felt i felt for her right and the second team that i was spot on about was uh lulu and lala yeah you were I was like, they just gave me that energy of just like the twins. They first of all, they work together. They live together like, you know, now they're doing the amazing race together. Um, So it was interesting just to see their dynamics. But I I love their dynamics in the sense of that, like we can fight. But at the end of the day, I got your best interest at heart. So I uh, those are the two teams that I was like spot spot on. I'm going to take a second and say about the team that I think I was a little bit wrong about. So I may have been a little bit wrong about the flight attendants. Oh, yes. I thought, and I think I did say, you know, they may prove me wrong. I thought that they may be a little, you know, bubbly and, and flighty for lack of a better word, but they are hella competitive. I am, I am eating any words that I said that may have not been completely and a hundred percent positive. I love them. I think they're great. And so, yeah. Raquel and Mm -hmm. Kayla, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love them. And mind you, uh, I won't go as far as to say that they're my winner pick yet. However, um, 
I feel like I've only seen a handful of amazing races, but I know that like in the first couple of legs, you know, you don't need to like win it or be in first place to actually win the season. I feel like if you're coming in third, fourth and fifth consistently, then that shows me determination. And Raquel and Kayla, they was on it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're well traveled ever, except the end. So right, oh, take put, it from take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, yeah, so the, the, that was just really interesting. But I just um, I really loved the dynamics of the teams and the energy, and I feel like we saw a little bit of alliances forming, but it didn't seem like they were forming forming. People were just like, okay, if you're near me, I'm going to help. But just interesting to see like how that will continue to play out. But listen, take it away. What happened on this episode? Okay, so I actually think that if you're near me, I'm going to help is very useful at the beginning of a season because you don't want to be targeted for any reason because there will be U-turns and people are vindictive. So I actually liked what was happening. There was a lot of humor. There was a lot of support. So let's talk about leg one. So everyone started from their homes, which maybe twice, definitely once has happened in the amazing race. So I love the start line. I think it's a moment I will never forget. All the teams are there. You're looking at Phil. He's looking at you. He's all, the world is waiting, travel safe. You're like floating outside your body watching this experience. And they didn't get to have that. So that makes me a little bit sad. But to focus on the positive, they all got to start the race with their families cheering them on and clapping for them and having that moment of, you know, including their families with them. So I'm I'm okay with it. And I like it. And I like how, you know, it all started very positive and you got a little look into everybody's home life for a minute or two. And so that must have been a really cool way to start, because I know my parents would have loved to have been involved in, you know, my start line of the race. So I thought that was a pretty cool way to start. And all of the teams get on a flight to London. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I love London. I've been to London and no, stay positive. I've been to London and they got to go to London. They go to Trafalgar Square and they look for the little red, you know, the, the phone booths, mm-hmm. not, not real phone booths. Men dressed up as living phone booths. Yes. That's cute. That's cute. And um, each little each guy with a phone booth has a couple of clues. And so everyone's running around the square trying to get clues from these guys. And the flight attendants are in first. I'm into it. I'm supportive of them. And Sam and Connie are in last, and I'm sad because I really do like them. They had some real struggles this first leg of the race, but they always stayed supportive, which I which I really, really enjoy. So. Yes. So the thing about Sam and Connie is Sam look a whole lot better live and in motion than in his photos. Because I was just like, wait, is that the coach? Okay. Listen. The, the coach is a zaddy and he had a bigger zaddy for me like uh hearing his story about uh there was a, a football one of his players um he invited him over for dinner he had a, like a rough home life and essentially is like his third like third son so i love that so listen i love connie and sam same 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 so everybody finds their clue from the phone booth gentlemen and they have to travel on foot to buckingham palace maybe the most well-known place in london and i don't want to I don't want to poop on it, Bryce. Come on, Caliente Brook. Caliente Cam High. Come on out. Okay. So they're in an English-speaking city in a country that's not particularly hard to navigate, finding the most famous landmarks in the city. So I'm thinking like, okay, so they're easing into it. They're starting them off easy. So maybe the tasks will be like super, super hard. Spoiler alert. They're not. Like, it's just, it's, it's a fairly simple, straightforward first leg of the race. But, but that's okay. Like, we're going to we're going to be positive about it because I actually really did enjoy the first detour. It just didn't seem particularly hard if you knew how to follow directions. 
Well, I mean, yeah, and, and and the first one of the first detours was like the the painting, right? Yes. It's so it's artist den or digi bed. And so the artist den, you have to put together this puzzle and wallpaper, like a Banksy style graffiti art wall of of I don't know. 50 pieces of paper, maybe? Yeah, that, that didn't look too easy. Like, and, and for my experience, and especially like as hard as the, the judge was judging. And if you, like I said before, I ain't seen a lot of amazing races, but I definitely would have noticed that like, we're just not slacking these things up here and going, hey, we're done. Okay. Oh, you would have noticed. Michael and Mo did not notice. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God. And they were shellacking so much of that like shellac on it. I was like, baby, boys. I felt so badly for them because you could tell you, you knew they were going to make them take it down and, and redo and so on and so forth. But they put so much glue on mm. that wall and with no rhyme or reason to oh, throw those pieces of paper up there. And I was watching with a couple of friends and we just all of us were like, oh, this is the end for them before it even begins. Before it even starts. And it makes me wonder, like, are you guys actually fans of the show, though? Yeah, I mean, I will say there's race blinders, as you call them, are like a real thing. You know, you don't necessarily always pay attention to what's going on right. around you. And you make quick decisions before you realize what you're deciding to. I mean, I was guilty of that with Scott. You know, we chose who would do certain tasks before we took a second and said, wait, what could this, this test be? You know, like who's better equipped for this? So maybe they were just so excited on leg one. We're here. We're doing it. Let's throw everything up on the wall. But it came back to bite them. And that makes me sad. It definitely did. And mind you, they weren't the first ones to get to the paint gallery. So I would have slowly pumped on in and saw what other people was doing. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, the digital Ben one was like Mm -hmm. so hilarious, especially for Connie and Sam. Oh, gosh. Did you think there was someone named Bobby in the square? Someone who's just yelling uh, Bobby. Well, mind you, because Connie was like, it's not a person. Right. And then when he was like walking, he was like, Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> and then when he was like next to the guy and like, you know, he said, Bobby. And clearly the guy didn't really want to like give it away. And then he was like, are you Bobby? And he was like, maybe he was like, do you have a clue for us? I was like, oh, my God. It was it was definitely some comic relief. So when we have these two kinds of tasks, like one is subjective with the art and you get a judge to you know, approve it. And the other is an objective task where it's fine. Three things. I, I don't know. I like art. I'm an artsy person. You know that about me, but I don't know why anybody wouldn't have done the digital Ben one where you had to find three things. Like we said, it's a super easy city to navigate. You can ask any person there. They're going to give you directions in English. And even the people who were super, super slow, like Sam and Connie finished their side of the detour before some of the faster people on the art side, just because it was just seemed very unbalanced. Right. But you know, you don't really know when you're starting. You don't know how how detailed or, or how well-known the um, locations are going to be that you have to go to. So, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I will say when you're having to find something, it's usually a faster option than having to create something. Okay. Okay. But Keep that in mind, racers. For future racers, you know. I will say at the art side, though, Kim and Penn. So he apparently has some variation on like ADHD where he gets hyper, hyper focused, and they nailed it. Mm. They flew through that puzzle, which is good for him because later on he does something that's just incredibly oh, stupid. So, but for now, he's doing great. And they flew through that puzzle. I think 
Taylor and Isaiah did a great job. They yes. love puzzles. I love them. I love the fact that Taylor and Isaiah was like, well, we just did a puzzle before we left. I was like, yes, I love their energy. And again, I love to just see two black gay men killing it. And for Kim and Penn, I was like nervous uh, just with them being like YouTube and internet personalities and broadcasters that I wasn't really going to like them. But I actually, for the first half, I really like, enjoy, I mean, for the whole episode, I enjoyed them. But, you know, when Penn kind of pissed me off a little bit, um, but uh, they, they were just fun and upbeat and uh, they, they look great to be 47 to 45. Yeah, they, they seem to be in great shape. They were very supportive. I, too, thought they were going to be a little too over the top for my liking. There have been there was a season of like a lot of people who were YouTube people and some of them were not over the top, but a couple were just always performing for the camera. And, you know, as someone who forgot the camera was there, but probably <laughs> should have remembered more, um, you know, the, I don't I don't get that. Like, I don't get it, but they right. weren't really like that. And so I'm a fan. So you also have Lulu and Lala that did that side of the detour. They uh, they they were exactly what you thought they were going to be. They were yeah. a little bit snippy, but they were trying to be supportive and they they they're they tried to I do their thing. And yeah. I was cracking up when they was like halfway done to the puzzle. And I don't know if it was Lulu or Lala. They was like, OK, well, let's just start putting it up and then we can figure it out the rest as we go. Girl, that ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I'm with you. Like it is taking a lot of time. And they're like, we hate art. We don't want to do art no more. We hate it. <laughs> They're they're a piece of work. I'm glad they're still here. So, and then on the other side, you have Akbar, who we already said was being a bit hard on Sherry, and and they, they actually end up doing pretty well. They yes, the they came in like fifth six, place. They, yeah, they're not. They didn't do badly. But again, when you don't know where anybody else is, and you're not seeing other people, and you know you're trying to do your best, and you feel like maybe your partner has more in them to give, then I can see how Akbar could get frazzled and upset and annoyed because you don't know. On right. our first leg, we were in fourth. When Phil checked us in, my first words were, how the F lost did everybody else get? Like, oh. we don't we don't know. You don't see people and you think, oh, God, we're going home. And that's a very scary thing for the first leg for people who, you know, really want to be there and, and love this race. So I, I understand where he was coming from. No, for sure. Uh, Anthony and Spencer also mm -hmm. surprised me just hearing them tell their stories about being heroes. But what also surprised me uh, was how good looking Anthony was. <laughs> Did that surprise you or did you already feel that? I mean, that I didn't. Although I like, you know, I follow Anthony on Instagram and I follow Ryan on Instagram. But no, I like Anthony's personality. Anthony Same. is kind of like, like he's just the type of racer that I would be. And we can get to that like on the second half mm -hmm. of the uh, the leg. But um, I, I was just surprised at like how like, I don't know, Anthony to me was just really real. And then Ryan just is easy on the eyes. And I had tweeted this. Listen, Ryan, for all of the 10 years that you did, I would have written you every week. I would have wrote you. I would have put commissary on your books, okay? And instead of doing an amazing race, we could have did love after lockup when you came home. You're right. I love it. And, okay, I agree with all of it. And then finally, <laughs> you have Raquel and Kayla, who are apparently very well-traveled. They're good at directions. But when everyone finished the detour, the next thing they had to do was go find the queen. I mean, not the real queen, obviously, but, you know, the queen. And Boris Johnson in a pub eating fish and chips. How many people did not know who Boris Johnson was? I mean, I did Google it when they said it. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. 
But also you're going to London, like when you're at the airport, do a little research on, you know, where things are, who people are, who you might have to find. I don't know. I think the funniest part of the whole episode was Akbar asking the taxi driver who Boris Johnson is or, or for his Oh, he was like a, a, a fat old guy. <laughs> fat blonde, flat, fat and blonde. Okay, great. I mean, fine. So they all find Boris Johnson and the queen. Penn stops to ask the queen for life advice. I mean, come on, just move along. And then they all go to the first pit stop, which is gorgeous. The London National History Museum after dark, when it's closed, all to themselves. And I I think that's a great first pit stop. It was a beautiful thing to look at. And Anthony and Spencer win the first leg of the race and a trip to Turks and Caicos. Yes, Anthony, take me <laughs> to Turks and Caicos. Well, if he listens now, Take you know. me to Turks and Caicos. I said, Anthony, take me to Turks and Caicos. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. No, I don't want to interrupt. I mean, maybe he'll listen and maybe you'll go. Listen, okay. Take me <laughs> to Turks and Caicos. Okay, yeah. Um, for me, what the most exciting part of this first leg was Lulu and Lala and uh, what's their name? Michael and Mo. Michael and Mo. Mm-hmm. When they finishing up, Michael and Mo end up beating Lulu and Lala. And this is the thing that I think that makes me the most mad or makes me the most scream at the TV is that what I like about Amazing Race um, and also very similar to Survivor is that you can be good in challenges. You can be good at like doing a lot of things. However, there is the uncontrolled variable. Yep. Because, you know, Michael and Mo finished the um, detour before Lulu and Lala. And Lulu and Lala were just better at getting to the, the fish and chips place. And they ended up beating out Michael and Mo by yes. just a very slim margin and Michael and Mo sing themselves off and I'm broken hearted. But you know what? I don't know for sure, but I will say maybe we'll see more of them. Spoil alert. You no. go ahead and spill this up. Wait. So, uh, okay, girl. Oh, wait, 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 <laughs> See, you can't just drop that type of tea, Brooke, and then like, okay, so we'll have to talk off of the mic so we won't spoil the posse. But listen, I got to know. But my last thing about that uncontrolled variable was like Lulu and Lala, their taxi driver, like actually like, I think it was like Grass Street or Gray or Gravy Street. Like their driver like pulled up to the joint and was like right there. Mike and Moe's driver passed the street and was like, it's the street back there. No, no, sir. I'm going to need you to kick it into reverse. Like, for me, I'm not getting out to the car unless I have directions. And that's another thing why I really feel like I would be so good at Amazing Race is, well, one of my positive attributes would be that I love talking to people. And like, you know, anywhere I go, I always try to like learn four different, like good morning, where is, and how much is. Um, And then I just use that and combine them to get me to say anything I need to say. You know, where Buckingham Palace at? Where's the Big Ben? Like, like, you know, listen, run with me. That's true. And I I think you would actually be great at The Amazing Race. I think that your ability to like speak to anybody and talk to people and your personality would be really, really great for the show. Also, you don't take BS from anybody. So I feel like that's also super, super a helpful trait for the race. I will say one thing. Dusty and Ryan, who came in second, 
I, I love them. Ryan says it feels like freedom. But what the hell is he carrying? He's carrying this foam roller around the world with him, this huge <laughs> foam. Like, if he carries it all the way around, he should get, like, extra point. Like, it's the most pointless bulk. I don't get it. They also make collapsible foam rollers, so what are you doing? But it just, I wonder if it's going to make it all the way around the world, because that thing just seems, like, silly. Also, with you. what I also thought of was, like, the <laughs> the diversity of the backpacks this year. Did you notice that? No. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I felt like last season, because that's the only other season besides season 29 that I watched it in, in its entirety, I felt like all of the backpacks were like in unison. They all were the same. This season, there is a variation of backpacks. I didn't notice, but I'm going to notice now. Different sizes, different brands, and different colors. Honestly, I don't know why anybody brought two backpacks. If I was racing with somebody that I had known, we would have brought one backpack. There's no rule that says you need two backpacks. Yeah, have I'm one all- person carry all the weight or most of the weight. Have the other person carry just a little bit. There's no reason for both people to have super heavy backpacks. Yeah, I'm only bringing two Nike Dry Fit uh, athletic pants, a pair of shorts, and three pair of underwear. Let's go. Seriously, what else do you need? Okay, I'm be a little funky monkey, but listen, okay? You're going to smell a little funk, but listen, we going with it. I agree. The only other thing that I thought was really nice is when Arun and Natalia, who, oh. by the way, I love them. I don't know if he's on Instagram. I want to be his friend. I want to just hang out. I, I think he's so great. So when they check in, Arun talks about how all the teams are so much younger than him and so on and so forth. And Phil says, you know what? Just because somebody might be faster or stronger. Mm-mm. It's about the smarts. And I relate to that and amen to that. And I hope Arun and Talia do so, so well. He might be my favorite person on the whole show. I did like Arun. Um, I think that he was funny and I like Natalia. I just like their whole dynamic. I like the fact that they watched Amazing Race together yes. and now are playing together. Yes, I love a super fan. And I love their relationship. He even said, we're not your typical Indian father-daughter where I make all the rules and she follows along. They're just so supportive of each other. And he's gushing about her. And I love them. And I could talk for a half hour about how much I love them, but that would be boring for people. So, you know, (laughs) let's move on. Yes, so let's get to the second leg. Okay, so leg two. They're London during the day. Staying in London. Okay. I mean, London's a nice city. It's a nice city. Does it need two legs? I don't know. I mean, whatever. So they, they're racing to the Royal Mail Center delivery to ride the mail rail, which sounds super cool. Sounds so much fun. And this is where I start to relate to Anthony. So Anthony and Spencer yeah, can't find a cab. Listen, listen. I feel I, for them. I relate to Anthony a lot more, but go on. But first of all, Anthony is smart. Okay, let's go in front of a hotel. Yes, exactly correct. This is exactly what you do. You go in front of a hotel. You go to a place where taxis are going to stop. But he's like me. He's narrating everything. He's wearing his emotions on his sleeve. I relate to Anthony and his frustration. And I get it. And I I support him. And I root for them because I feel like I see a bit of me in him. So anyway, they go to the roadblock. It says who still gets mail. This roadblock has the potential to be very, very, very cool. Has the potential. To be very, 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 so I'm again. I'm trying to be more positive. So, but this is kind of making it a little bit. This is a little. Difficult. I I will agree. I felt like the clue should have been a little bit more disguised than what it was. However, I feel like maybe it also was a bit easy mm-hmm. to like have people overthink it. Well, yeah. So. This is not the team's fault. So if any teams are listening, you guys are all great. But 
this is like, I'm sitting there going, and one of my friends goes, okay, so cut a piece of sheet metal with shears that are as dull as tablespoons and make a ladle for hours in the hot African sun, or find a large piece of paper in the bottom of a fairly small <laughs> bin. Like, it just doesn't seem, it seemed a little too, and this was pre-pandemic, Bryce. This was not like a replacement task after the pandemic hit. This was, this was a planned to, and I love the Amazing Race. Let me say this: if they ever do an all winter season, sign oh. me up. And if I'm lucky enough to go back, I hope they have a lot of tasks. Come like on, this. Amazing like, Race <laughs> winners at race. Okay. Oof. So this was like so straightforward that nobody could have messed it up. Child. But then, but, but, let me call people mess it up. <laughs> so listen, this is when my love for Anthony grew. Okay. okay. So Anthony gets there, he finds it. Other teams come and like he gives exactly what I would give. Like, I ain't really trying to help y'all. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to walk and wait for the train. Okay. I'm going to let y'all do what you need to do. And that's fine. And I think it was Penn and Ray. Yes. So then Penn's like, hey, like we got this flu. Is this what it is? Now, very much like Spicy Bricey, I would have turned around like Anthony and was like, yeah, this is it. I don't know what he like is what Anthony's supposed to run up and be like, hey, like, you know, and it really kind of sort of pissed me off a little bit. Now, you know, I won't take it there, but I just feel like the fact that Penn didn't believe Anthony. Mm. For me, I'm just like. Are your bias showing a little bit? I mean, but Ray also. I mean, I know. <laughs> like, I feel like Penn convinced Ray not. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying. But like, like I'm confused. And so, mind you, listen. I just loved everything about Anthony in that moment because listen, he turned back around and he looked back, slowly got on the train, shut the door, and was like, "Good, they're not coming." And, and also said, "But you know, I gave him the answer. He did. He didn't lie. He <laughs> did not lie." What else do they want him to do? I mean, honestly, okay. So Ryan and Dusty show up. Ryan finishes in like five minutes. He gets back on the train. Nobody's even there yet. Um, and then some other teams show up. Penn and and Ray get down there. And what is what? If it says Amazing Race, oh my it's God, a, like, it's a what? clue. It's a clue. Child, Brooke, they was like, Mrs., 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 Mr., Mr. I got a lot Mr. of Lindsay's in my pile. I almost died laughing. He goes, I got a lot of Lindsay's. What does this mean? Like, that's, it's funny. It was definitely comic relief. And I feel badly for them. They wasted a half an hour of their life. But, and again, also, when the racers think it might be too easy and straightforward, like maybe there is a twist they're missing. So, right. so I get it. I get it. But honestly, if you see people leaving, they saw Anthony they, leave and he didn't come back. And he didn't so come back. He didn't have he anything does. else. Like, exactly. I, Anthony's mail didn't look organized, but I was loving when Akbar and Sherry got there. They was like, who still receives mail? Sherry was like, me. And then my Sherry on the train. Come on, Sherry. Come on, Sherry. Come on, Sherry. Come on, Sherry. She got the thing and they're all like, you know, I think it was Sherry, Arun, and somebody else. And then Penn and, yeah. and Connie. And Penn and uh, Ray are like, are you just, like, is this all you guys got? <laughs> now, so then after they see another group of people come, then they leave with them. Right. And this is where my disdain and dislike for one of the groups oh. starts to happen. Okay? Tell me. So clearly it's for, is it, what's her name? Corey, Cora, Ray? Oh, oh Carol. Ray and Carol. Carol. Yeah, yeah. Ray and Carol. Now, mind you, I tweeted hashtag Love Island, but somebody said they wasn't from Love Island. Where, where from they from? Love, they're from Love Island. Okay. All right. Okay. So... 
uh, what's her name again? Caro. Caro. Yeah. Caro. Caro. Okay. First of all, we on amazing rates. Okay. I need for you to be open to criticism. I need for you to be like little Lulu and Lala. You got to hear what I'm about to say. And so when Caro was telling Ray about himself, he really kind of was a little like agitated. Like, okay, enough. And I'm like, yeah, see, y'all can tell y'all is a FaceTime relationship because like (laughs) you need to see what your partner is going to be like in stressful, high tense situations. And I feel like the person that they reveal themselves to be in that like so here's the thing like you could be in a relationship like me and you in a relationship Brooke and say we might be like I don't know we we making um we making a, a, a crouton salad okay and I'm putting lettuce in a crouton salad and like you know I'm meeting your family and you're like well where are the croutons and I'm like Brooke I, I don't know Okay, but I might scream that at you, but four seconds later, I'm be like, I ain't mean to scream at you, Brooke. You know, there's like a, a give and take. I felt like the take that Ray was dishing to Caro. Uh-uh. I see that. However, okay. However, I didn't think Ray was that attractive until he was getting a little angry. And when he got a little angry, then I was like, <laughs> oh, hello, Ray. So, okay, so, you know, Angry Ray is your cup of tea, and that's cool. I don't know. I just. I think he's single now. Oh. (laughs) He might not be. He might be in a new, very wonderful relationship. I I hope you are in love and happy. Um, So, okay, so all the teams go through, like, the world's easiest roadblock, and then they have to go do this detour where it's either bullseye mate or decorate. So, in bullseye, they have to go to a pub, get a beer, get some darts. I know that. I don't know why you don't do this one. So, and then throw a couple darts at a dartboard, and you each need to get a bullseye within three throws in the same round, which it sounds hard. But, but it's then when actually kind of easy. It, no, yeah, they're throwing the darts from like six feet away. It did not look particularly difficult. And so we have Arun and Natalia who do that. And again, Arun is the most supportive father. Like, and Natalia at one point says, should we switch? And he says, no, because he knows what he's doing and he's a super fan. And they get it fairly quickly. You have Dusty and Ryan, where Dusty literally throws a bullseye on his first try because apparently he grew up throwing darts in a garage and that's all he did. And they were amazing. And you have Connie and Sam again, where she's struggling, but they are so cute and he's so supportive and they actually get out of their second. Like yes. they do great to get. I, I, I was sort of like, eh, they weren't in my top tier of people that I'm rooting for. I love them. There's very, yeah. I, I love these teams are all the casting this season was just like spot on chef's kiss. Perfect. Like they were it, every team is so great. It has something going for them. So I don't think the bullseye part, the bullseye side was particularly hard. Again, it's a subjective task where you're decorating something and waiting for a judge to okay it versus get the bullseyes. I want to do the cake, but the bullseyes seem very easy. Plus, you could have a beer, which I'm into. Uh, yes. And Chad, if I'm on Amazing Race, I might miss a couple of darts and say, give me another beer. Okay, let That's me just fun. wet the whistle and, you know, get a little libations in my system. Unless uh, we're paired up and we're in last place, in which case, chug your beer, we're moving. Okay, well, right. That is very true. Now, the cake situation, I oh. thought, is uh, was interesting. And I, this is another question that I wanted to ask you. I had a little yeah. question for you. So very similar in the uh, painting the mm-hmm. where you had to like shellac something on and in the the cake. Yeah. I felt like in the beginning, the judges were very like strict on like, oh, nope, there's a space missing in your painting. Can't go in the cake. I felt like the judges were like, oh, no drip. You got to go back. But mm-hmm. child, I felt like towards the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
They was just giving participation trophies out. Exactly. Yes. So first of all, this, the judge for the cake was bothering me because I'm hating that he was telling the answers like this is the wrong flag. This is too trippy. No, it should just be yes or no. Why are you helping them so much by telling them this, that, you know, Norway's not in the EU or England is not. Come on. Really? The UK's not in the EU. Like Brexit. Hello, Brexit. It happened like three, two months before this film. Like watch the news. So anyway, I didn't like that the judge was being overly helpful, but I thought the cake decorating was kind of fun. Anthony and Spencer, I'm sure this bugged you a little bit because Anthony's all, I know Norway. I know, I know. I got a jacket. I have a hoodie. Exactly. No, mm -mm. in all fairness, I wasn't, I, I will admit I've been to Norway. We went there on the race. I mean, I would have picked France and Germany because those are obvious answers. Right. But if I had to answer questions about whether or not Norway, I I don't know because there's Sweden, there's Norway, there's Denmark. Some are in, some are out. I I um I don't know that I would have gotten that right if a question was being asked. But but I definitely would have known about Brexit. <laughs> yeah, I, that was the only one that I knew. Um, and again, uh, after a while, if I'm coming in like third, I'm just gonna see what every because my towards the end, yes. everybody had the same cake. Yes, right, exactly. Although I will say, so I think um, Sherry and Akbar did that. They're like, they looked at everybody else's cake. I'm not mad. They, theirs was a little bit jacked and drippy. But a little not, bit. I'm not mad about it. I'm, I like them. I'm cool with it. But it was they were a little drippy. Like Ray and Caro, theirs there was, was a bit drippy. But right. they got it. It's, it's okay. Uh, Kevin Kim, Kim didn't get it. They Like, yeah, like Kim's was still messy. They're like, we covered up the blueberry. I can still see the drip pen. Yeah, they were a little lenient, I think, at this point, but probably also because the other side of the detour was going so quickly and those people had pretty much all finished. I mean, I think if I'm correct on this, all three of the people who did the bullseye side came in first, second and third. And so they were probably just being a little bit more lenient on the other side of the detour at that point because the other side had already finished. So, but I mean, that also pays a little bit. So if you're doing the more tedious one, like you might like, I don't know how this could help. But I mean, if you're not that great at it, you might be able to get a pass just due to time constraints. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking if you're not that great at it, I think. Then don't do it. (laughs) Well, no, they're hesitant to give it to you on the first try. So like turn it in not good. Get your no on the first try, like quickly, and then fix it up so that it's not your first try. And maybe they give you a pass on try two, even if it's not perfect. But so here was, here was another question that I couldn't remember. If I got my country right and you got yours wrong, we had to go back and do two Mm-mm, whole new one. cakes. Oh, just, just one. one. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Just fixing the one that was Because I felt like doing two whole new cakes would have made it a lot more challenging. Agree. But, but you know, being as though the darts were going so fast, like, yeah, you know. So fast. And so anyway, so they all have to go find Phil on a double-decker bus in the Russell Square Metro Station. We got Dusty and Ryan, who don't get a prize when they check in. So that's, in my head, I'm going, oh, ding, ding. This is not the end of the leg of the race. They're going to have to keep going. And then you got Sam and Connie. Love them. Come on, come back. Yeah, seriously. Don't call it a comeback, but call it a comeback because I'm going back to my notes. But I think they were... They went from seven to two. That's a good jump. Yes. Yeah, they did really well together. And then you have my personal heartstring favorite, Arun and Natalia. (laughs) And she gets on the bus and he's like cheering and screaming and he's so psyched. I got to be friends with him. And then uh, Raquel and Kayla, the flight attendants, and they sit down. She goes, oh, my God, is that coffee? And I'm going oh, in London. It's not coffee. It's obviously tea, but that's fine. They're cute. Yes. Solid team. Solid team. Kim and Penn, Ray and Caro, Anthony and Spencer, Akbar and Sherry, Taylor Ooh. and Isaiah. And finally, bringing up the rear, <sighs> Lulu and Lala, who have a little bit of a tiff on their way to the double-decker bus because 
And honestly, I hate to say I'm not sure which one broke up with her boyfriend, but they didn't put the names at the bottom of the screen. And so I I went back and I like double checked. I didn't see. So whichever one of, of you it is, I hope you're happy now because that guy didn't deserve you. And her sister tried to make her feel better being like, what's that guy doing? He sucks, whatever. Right. And she didn't really take it that way. And so they had a little bit of a, a back and forth in the cab, but they put it behind them. Because, you know, sisters fight, just like we were talking about, you know, with the croutons and the salad, three seconds and you get over it. And you yes, move on. you move and on. They are still racing. And I'm actually really pleased. I they were not in my like top tier of people that I'm in love with either. But they were just so grateful and happy to still be in it that I'm excited to watch them race in Scotland next week. Right now, they remind me of, I think, the sisters of last season. I forget their names. Um. Oh, Haley and, and Kaylin, the blonde sisters. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. They remind me a little bit of them. Um, but I, I like the fact that they honestly, like when they got on the bus, they thought they like their time was over. However, they still were having like energy was still high, still able to play. And then when they found out that like, you know, you're still in it. Like, let's go. Uh, they were excited. However, I love watching them. I just. I don't know if like, you know, they time might be near. I don't know. That's just like, you you know, like, I don't know, but I'm still going to root for y'all. Yes. There's not a team. Here's the thing. There's not a team I'm not rooting for. I look at all these teams and I have to say, this is maybe the best casting I've seen in a really long time. They are. They did a great job about it. And so next week I'm excited because it looks like they have their first self drive leg, which, you know, is usually a mess because somebody didn't learn how to drive stick shift. Yes. There are some things you should know how to do if you're going to go on the Amazing Race. Okay. One of them is drive a stick shift. But yeah, and it we'll looks see. like uh, that we also see the shutdown next week. Yes, we see. I, I'm excited to see how they do it. I'm even more excited to see what happens in two weeks on how they pick it back up. Because I know you think I was, I was spilling tea. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who gets to come back and who doesn't get to come back. I really don't know. I've made it a point to not necessarily know everything so we will see and i'm excited to see how they do it i just know there are a couple teams that don't come back okay. and and so um we'll see we'll see how it goes i'm we'll excited see. to watch it Yes. Well, listen, this has been your Bryce and Brooke Amazing Race Recap. You can Let me ask it. you one thing before okay. we tune in. Okay. Based on leg one and leg two, I guess. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to win the season? Hard to say, but I'll give you my three. The flight attendants. Yeah. Anthony and Spencer or Ryan and Dusty. Dusty. Yeah, those are good picks. I think I too would go with the flight attendants. I, I just for pulling at my heartstrings, I really want Arun and Natalia to be in it. So I'm putting them in my three. And Ryan deserves a win. That man suffered enough. Those yeah, are no, my three absolutely. picks. However, I, I definitely want Akbar and Sherry to make it a long time. Mm-hmm. I want Isaiah and Taylor to make it a long time. I want, I mean, listen, I want everybody Connie to win. to make it a long time, right? There's like no bad choice here. Now, so good job, Car- Amazing Race. Carl and Ray go home suddenly early or don't come back. I, you know. You're not shedding tears. I don't know if I would shed a tear. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just okay, just sorry, being honest. I didn't mean to interrupt it. No, no worries. But listen, this was the Bryce and Brooke yeah. recap of Amazing Race season 33. Tune in next week and we will keep you covered nice thank you bryce See thank you, guys. you brookie bye bye 
And we are back this week, okay, with our first Purple Pants Premonitions of 2022. So without further ado, let me welcome to the podcast my friend, our spiritual guru, okay, Gangsta Gurry. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, boo. She's back, 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 back again, back again. okay? <laughs> you already know. How you doing over there, Spicy Bricey? Spicy Bricey is, I am blessed. I am, you know, excited for this new year, but I have to be honest. I feel like um, I get wrapped up in like the, you know, new year, new me. Mm-hmm. We like, you know, ooh, we going into all of this. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be this, I'm gonna be that, I'm gonna be the best version of myself. And then I find that after the holiday glimmer wears off, I find that, like, although my mind is telling me, ooh, we're gonna do all of this stuff, but my body is like retreating back into like old, not so great patterns. Mm, oh, I completely understand that. And it's like, ooh, like I started off this year and I'm like, new year, new me, brand new energy. Like I'm, you know, I'm fired up, I'm ready to go. And then it's like, ooh, girl, like seasonal affective disorder, you know, the sun not coming out and mm. everything. It's hard to get moving, it's hard to get things shaking. Um, but what I do know, and something that I actually like put as my screensaver on my phone this morning. Um, it was a, you know, you'd be on Instagram scrolling and you'll see some really like inspirational stuff. And it said, dear me, don't fall back into your old patterns just because they're familiar. Love me. Mm. So I completely understand it's so easy for us to, you know, be fired up and be excited because it's like I got all this new energy like in front of me. I can do whatever I want. Um, But it's sometimes it's really hard for us to stay in that, you know, in that mode of success, in that mode of growth. And it's reminding ourselves, at least for me, what I'm really trying to do this year is know that, you know, it's easy for us to go back to what was comfortable because it's always been comfortable. But growth is always going to be and cause discomfort in our lives and it's just like you know you're taking it little by little day by day Rome wasn't built in a day and the things that you're setting intentions for for yourself they're not going to happen overnight and it's a it's an everyday process you feel what I'm saying as they say in um the the rooms in AA one day at a time you feel what I'm saying and that's really all that we can do I receive it so I love that this is kind of like where you are energetically, where I am energetically, because as I've stepped into this new year, I've been thinking a lot about the things that I want to maintain as I am stepping into and going throughout 2022. So I'm here to bring a little bit of tea to you all in regards to how can we I, can stay invested. Can I ask a Go question? Ahead. Of course. Because, you know, I feel like it's important to um, accountability. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I just want you like, what are what are some of those things? Because I, I want it on record so that like, you know, I want to as much as you give to the posse and you give to me, I want to like, you know, pour into you and I want to hold you accountable for some of those things. You don't have to mention everything, but what are some of those things that you are working towards? I'm so glad that you asked that. And, you know, I'm always going to listen. You ask me a question. I'm going to keep it real. OK. And I love accountability partners because I feel like the only way that we can see 
our goals and our dreams come into pass is by talking about them with our trusted community, our trusted friends, and then letting us know like, hey, baby girl, you slipping. So for me, one of my biggest things this year is around my sobriety. It's around my uh, my drinking habits. Um, it's around not playing into those things. So if you are familiar with me or you've known me, I probably have talked about this on the show before, but I... Uh, have had some issues with like alcohol and you know stuff like that like in the past and I will say like you know during the pandemic you know stress you know being overwhelmed falling back into some of those like negative patterns and things that I know are not good for me and would be putting myself in situations or around people where it would make me feel like I gotta drink in order to like get my anxiety out of the way get out of my head so that way I can feel a little bit more comfortable and I was noticing especially as the year was starting to close up I was having a lot of uh, situations happening where I'd be drinking in public or just drinking in general. And it wasn't making me happy. It was affecting my mood. Um, it was affecting just like the way that I talk to myself, my self-esteem, my self-worth. And it's just like, no, baby, like, you know better than this. You've always known better than this. And you don't have to play into what everybody else, everybody else got their own life. You know what is best for you. So one of my biggest intentions for this year is to really just like restart and stay focused and stay accountable to just like not drinking, you know what I'm saying? Like not being in environments that make me feel as though I have to. And if it's making me feel that sense of anxiety, then that's probably not a place that I should be going because it's probably not a safe place for me. So that's one of my biggest goals for this year. And also just like being honest with people about the fact that, yes, like I am sober, you know what I'm saying? Like I've had a a past, a history with uh, alcohol and substances. And it's just like, no, like that's not what I want for my life. And I know that I am worthy of doing more and doing better. Um, So I would love accountability for just like making sure like, hey girl, like you good? Like, you know, you ain't touched the bottle or nothing like that. Like you, you know, because sometimes the drinking would be a reaction to, you know, my anxiety, my depression, things of those nature, um, things of that nature. And it's just like trying to make sure that I'm not uh, falling back into those cycles and falling back into those traps. So that's one of my big things for this year. How about you? Yes. um, Oh, well, first of all, I received that. Um, one of my things for myself is um, I just have a financial goal of mm-hmm. getting my finances in order order. Um, and that means like saying no to things, saying no to trips, saying no to shopping, saying no to like, you know, I really have myself on a, a budget because like, you know, I've got goals and things that I want to accomplish. And I, I just really want to get like my financial situation um, in a better place. Not that like, you know, I'm struggling or anything, but I want to be able to get rid of this credit card debt. I want to mm-hmm. be able to get rid of this student loan debt and I want to be able to save more actively and that's been a goal uh of mine for a long time but then it gets swept under the rug because oh you want to do this oh you want to do that oh you want to do this oh you want to do that like you know and before we even started to record i'm logging on to these accounts trying to pay like you know so i just Mm -hmm. really want um to lead with that and you know know that it's okay you know when my friends are asking me to do this or do that actually i can't right now um because i'm working towards a goal so That's something that I I really want to like keep at the forefront um, because, yeah, I want to be debt free. Um, So that's what I'm working on. And that's what's in my spirit. 
Okay, and that's an act of self-love to make sure that you are budgeting, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that way your future can be abundant and your future can be lucrative. And it's just like, you may be sacrificing now, but it's a sacrifice for your highest good later on down the road. And I love that you bring this up around finances and money, because I promise you, child, the universe, the the Lord, the the spirit is speaking, okay? Because this morning I woke up um, and I saw on Instagram, somebody reposted a money mantra to their uh, account. And I actually, if you would love, I would love to share the mantra with you and with the listeners today and how they can uh, be more intentional about bringing, uh, you know, stable funds into their life. Would you be interested in hearing about that? Come on. Okay, let's go ahead and do it. So this actually comes from a fairy brand mother on Instagram. Um, This is a money mantra that she shared. And it says you say this out loud three times every morning and before you go to bed every night for seven days. It says don't wear dark clothing while you're reciting this. White or light clothing is preferred. And then recite this with as much confidence and conviction as you can muster. Because you know what? Scared money don't make no money. All right. So here is the money mantra. You can listen back to this. You can repeat this for the next couple of like the next week or so. Like I said, do it three times in the morning, seven times before bed. So the money mantra says, thank you for allowing me to touch my more money in the next 11 months than I have in the past 12 months. I'm not worried about how things are going to get paid. I am blessed. I pay bills in gratitude because I know when I spend money, I get it right back. Money comes to me easily without tribulation or expectation of repayment. I do not have to struggle or sacrifice for money. I'm a money magnet. I spend with ease because I receive with ease. Money flows into my life. Thank you for blessing me with financial abundance and blessings beyond my greatest dreams. Amen and Ashe. Okay. Yes. So use that mantra, listen, for the next week or so, and you can know you can recite that. And I have used mantras and um, affirmations to really just like stay abundant in my life and continue to remind myself, like, listen, like sometimes we got to pay bills off in order for the money to come back. Like that is a blessing that we can have the finances and the funds to be able to live and do what we want to do. And then sometimes got to sacrifice a little bit of time in order to get the coin that we deserve. Um, And I feel like this ties in perfectly to the tarot cards that I've pulled for our month of January. January. Um, so for people that are unfamiliar with uh, just the readings that I do, um, what this is, is a little energetic tune up slash information and energy that you can be paying attention to throughout the month of January. So you guys know I have three cards that are sitting in front of me. This is coming from the Wandering Star Tarot um, by Kat Pierce. Um, she's a wonderful uh, musician and a creator artist that I had the opportunity to connect with last year. Um, And I want to focus on our first card because this is going to represent the first half of January. So the first half of January comes up as the three of swords. The three of swords keywords that go along with this card are heartbreak sorrow and grief. Now, this connects to what we've already been discussing, Bryce, because we've been talking about like, listen, like I know that I can't be doing what I used to do before. You feel what I'm saying? Like I can't uh, operate the same way that I was operating last year if I want to see that change, if I want to see that growth. And that's not always easy for us to do. That's a completely different, you know, state of mind that we have to occupy. It's a completely different, you know, vibration that we are having to call upon our lives daily. And it's just like, damn, like I can't do what I was doing 
doing before. And sometimes that's a little bit of a struggle for us. May cause us a little bit of sorrow, may cause us a little bit of grief because, you know, we want to be comfortable doing what we were doing before. And it's just like that's not what is going to be best serving for us. So there may be some struggles this month or throughout the first half of this month with letting go of old thought patterns, letting go of old people, letting go of old situations. Right. Mm. But we know that as we are sacrificing, as we are letting go of the things that do not serve us in this season, that do not serve us in this month anymore, it allows for new blessings, new gifts, new abundance to come into our lives. And sometimes sacrifice is the greatest way to achieve the things that we have always desired. You feel what I'm saying? I receive it. So with the three of swords specifically, um, the text, because with this deck, it comes with some really, really powerful um, writings. And it also comes with a powerful little uh, phrase that you can use or like it comes from different authors and stuff. It says, even the darkest night will end and the sun will rise. So even if, you know what I'm saying, you're having a bad day, you had a bad day. I'm about to say, you had a bad day. <laughs> Listen, because I was about to say, girl, I was not on key. Okay? <laughs> but even the darkest night will end and the sun will rise. So it's all about us, you know, just remembering that yesterday is not tomorrow. And sometimes the things that we may, you know, feel are stressing us out, like as we let it go um, and we step into a new day, there's new opportunity and new abundance that's in our future. The truth will set you free, but it is not always an easy process. Sometimes it may bring pain. Sometimes it may bring heartbreak. Sometimes it may bring grief and your perceptions may have been clouded and confused, but the air is slowly clearing to reveal things are not as you believe them to be. Maybe your trust has been broken. Maybe someone close to you isn't who you thought that they were. And this may be initially difficult to accept. Life will be better and richer when these energies are cleared from your your sphere. Time heals all wounds. Okay. Mm. So allow yourself to let time heal all wounds. Allow yourself to let time get you out of one state and into the next phase of your life that you are wanting to see manifest, become real as you are going throughout the month of January. How does that sound for you for this first little half, Bryce? Come on. Keep pouring. Keep okay. pouring. Listen. Okay. Listen. I got my I got my pitcher. Okay. I got okay, my yes. water. I'm going to go ahead water these flowers. So I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all what you can expect as we are going throughout the rest of the month of January. So uh, the two cards that came out for the back half of January are the King of Wands and the Nine of Swords. I want you guys to think about this. The 17th is when the full moon is going to be happening. The first full moon of the year is going to be coming through in the sign of Cancer. Now, I know y'all know a Cancer out there. They can be crabby. They can be a little emotional. They can be, you know, a little like sensitive or what have you. So we're going to be feeling all the feels. Okay. As we are getting through the back half of January, the two cards that represent the back half are going to be the King of Wands and the Nine of Swords. King of Wands is all about motivation, honor, your standards, and the wisdom that comes along with you honoring your best self. I think about this as, you know, being the entrepreneur, being the person that knows exactly what they want, being the person that knows exactly how to go get it, and taking the actions that get you to being the best version of yourself. But with the Nine of Swords, we may be feeling a little bit of anxiety. Like, we may be feeling a little bit of worry. Like, oh my God, can I do it? Like, am I ready? Is it my time? Like, have I done enough in order to get here? And it's like, you got to let all that go. You're here in this season to thrive. All my friends, all my connections, all my loved ones are abundant, 
thriving and flourishing. Okay. And that's the mentality that we are being asked to step into the back half of this month with being motivated and knowing that, you know, sometimes we may get caught up in worry, may get caught up in, am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? But it's all about just taking the first step, getting it started and giving yourself an opportunity to do some brand new stuff that you may not have ever tried before. But you know what? If you don't try, you'll never know. Okay. So with the King of Wands, King of Wands is all about us stepping into our own personal power. It says the king is wise and kind. He's a self-made person. He's a self-made man, or this could be a woman, does not have to be gender specific. And they have an endless store of enthusiasm and motivation. He knows that if you listen, you will learn. If you learn, you will love. And if you love, you will heal hearts and minds. His standard for himself is impeccably high. He's a man of honor and decency. He doesn't judge. He doesn't criticize. He simply leads by example. So this suggests soften your preconceived notions about others. See people as whole beings with all their pain, their quirks, their intricacies. It's all about being able to see folks as they are. We're all human beings having a human experience, learning about how to be our best selves. And once you give yourself that grace and extend it to others, you'll start to see a lot of things moving in your favor. And you'll start to see that all of the things that you have been desiring and wanting to work towards will come to pass. And with the nine of swords, this is all talking about, you know, sometimes we may feel that anxiety. Sometimes we may feel, you know, a little stressed out when dealing with other people's energy. Um, But this is asking what darkness is coming up for you? Why are you feeling apprehensive to make these moves? What fears are being unearthed about whether or not you're worthy, whether or not you have the self-esteem to continue on? Like you may be getting into your head. I call it analysis paralysis. Maybe you're overthinking and it's just like, don't get into that space of worry. This is a time for you to take note of your thoughts, your emotions and slow down. Take deep breaths. Be conscious of what you're feeling. And this will help you clear that fear and adrenaline from your system. And remember that sometimes problems may be amplified because our minds are always racing. But remember that, you know, when it's a new day, when you get through that one day, that one moment and you can find yourself calm, cool, clear, calm and collected, everything will feel so much more manageable. So the back half of January is really about us stepping into our personal power and knowing that sometimes anxiety is just a part of life. Sometimes we worry a lot. That's just how we are wired as humans. Everybody has worries. Everybody has concerns. But do we have to allow those to control the things that we know that we are ready to step into? So for me, it's kind of just like, you know, I know that people are going to be out, people are going to be doing the do, people are going to be partying, people are going to be, you know, socializing and everything. But does that mean I have to accept every invitation that is given to me? Is this going to be the best for me? Is this going to be what makes me feel whole? And sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to just stay to yourself and do your things for you and know what you are having focused as your goals as you're going throughout the month of January. How's that sound for you? Yes, I'm receiving it. Step it. I don't. I, sh- I thought this was a song, but it's not. But uh, I don't know. Walk into the light, beautiful light. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. Okay, come on. I, walk into the light, beautiful light. I was about to say. <laughs> I love that. I thought you were about to say I'm walking on sunshine or step uh, by step, day, day by, by day. day. <laughs> okay. But, I don't know what the rest of the words. I was just hold saying, your hand up while we go down that water slide. <laughs> okay. Okay. Listen. <laughs> 
Come on, Suzanne Summer. Okay, listen, I'm going to throw my hands up in the air. Throw my hands up. They playing my song, The Butterflies Fly Away, nodding my head like, yeah. Okay. Moving my hips like, yeah. Giving you a little Miley Cyrus on this morning. <laughs> but that is our forecast for the month of January. Listen, it's all about us knowing that sometimes we have to sacrifice in order to grow. But honestly, sometimes the sacrifices that we are making are for our highest good. And we know that as we are letting go of some BS in the past, the future is so much brighter. And this sounds like it's going to be a wonderful way for us to start this uh, very, very synchronistic year of 2022. You know, we got two, two, two. Um, And in uh, numerology, 222 is all about us finding that love within ourselves and being able to share that love with others. So how do you love yourself and how do you honor yourself and how do you honor the best version of yourself as you're going throughout the month of January? And that's what I got for us today with your Purple Pants Premonitions. Yes, thank you so much for pouring into us spiritually. Uh, we appreciate it. Okay, Purple Pants Posse, you got your assignment. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understood the assignment. Okay, Listen. come on. I understood the assignment. Come on now. <laughs> we are here. But before we go, Gangsta Girl, we let the people know where they can find you at, what you got cooking over there, because you booked and busy. You know, you know the doll be on the move, okay? If you have not followed me or you are unfamiliar with my work, you can find me on Instagram, Gangsta Gurry. Gangsta with an egg, because you know we don't do that ER buster-ish over here. Um, also, shout out to everybody that I had the opportunity to connect with, because you know, we got to hang out last month, Spicy Bryson. It was yes. lovely. Got to spend some time together for Bryson Wynn Presents, and it was amazing. So... Um, if you are not familiar with my work or not familiar with the things that I do, you can find me over on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at the same handle. Um, if you are interested in procuring any services with me, letting y'all know here first, I haven't even put this on my social media yet. Oh. Okay, listen. Okay, y'all getting the exclusive scoop today. All right. But I will be offering um, yearly readings. Um, so it's essentially looking at each month of the year and the energy that is going to be at play for you as you are going through Throughout the month of 2022. Come on, bars. Come on, rhyme. Yes. Okay. Um, but I'll be offering yearly readings and also general readings. Um, if you are interested in procuring any of those services, I tell people email me gangstagurry at gmail.com. Um, I will be offering these as a YouTube video link. So that way it's something that you can always go back and review at your leisure throughout the year. It's something you can hold on to instead of you having to, you know, sit on the phone with me and then figure out and take notes and everything. I'm like, no, I'm just gonna give you a video. You can watch your video, get the energy, get all the juju, get all the juice. You feel what I'm saying? Yes. So you guys can shoot an email to me there and I would love to help you in any way possible. This will be open for the, uh, the rep for the month of January from January 11th, all the way till about like January 28th. So please do not miss this window. Cause I do not open up very oh. much throughout the year. Okay. It's giving limited availability. Okay. Okay. They're going like hotcakes. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so get up on it. And this has been your January's purple. Pants premonitions. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be. 
And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. And this week's Freak of the Week is coming all the way down there from Atlanta. The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Y'all know... I stopped watching. I did not watch season 13. My girl Nene wasn't there. Okay, my girl Kim Zolciak wasn't there. Okay, my girl Lisa Wu. Okay, listen. A lot of the people that I came to love about the show were not there. So I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Okay, I, listen, catch me over there to marry the medicine. Okay, marry the medicine is my new housewives of Atlanta. Okay, real housewives of Potomac is my real housewives of Atlanta. And shout out to Jacob Jones and Maggie, because listen, they put me on the Salt Lake City. Okay, because I've been, okay, I've been catching up on the Salt Lake City. And woo, Mary is a mess. Uh, and also, I, I live for Jen. Um, but they are, y'all know me and my Instagram accounts, you know, I be following, you know, they always kind of sort of give me the, the pre-production tea. And Marlo Hampton, who has been a staple on the Housewife franchise of Atlanta as a friend of the show for almost practically 10 years now, um, they brought Marlo on back when Nene, I want to say this is season four, season season four, three or five. Okay, I, I know you're like, what? But when Nene and Greg, rest in peace, Greg, were separated. And I think Nene was like linked to this NFL player who also Marlo was. And so the Atlanta producers brought Marlo on to be a little messy because they thought Nene and Marlo would clash. They ended up being besties, and that formed the Alliance of the Talls, Nini, Cynthia, and Marlo. And ever since then, Marlo has been the friend of the show, whether she's been uh, friends with Nini, enemies with Nini, friends with Kenya, enemies with Kenya, friends with Candy, enemies with Candy, friends with Portia, fighting. Like, you know, Marlo has been there through it all. And with the shakeup of the cast last season, people thought Marlo would get a peach and be a peach holder did not happen uh we do know that marlo is filming currently we do know that they are bringing back uh og housewife sheree whitfield is returning with the peach i do know uh, a couple of other people are not returning portia is not returning cynthia is not returning um and so we see you know the girls out and about um you know we see candy there's drew um uh, yeah, Drew, Candy, Kenya. And so, you know, I'm, I ain't tuning in. Now, last week over the Instagram, Marlo shared a very interesting uh, Instagram post where, you know, it was just a regular like her taking some high fashion photos. But baby, she had a peach wallet and it had been revealed that the announcement came that on season 14, Marlo Hampton will be a peach holder. And for me, I I love that because y'all know me. I love an underdog story. I love a, a best friend turn into the main situation. I love to see something like that. And for Marlo to be number one, Marlo has been consistent on the show with bringing the drama, bringing the tea like, oh, and I just feel like it is well deserving. Um, And so I just, you know, Marlo Hampton is definitely freak of the week. Congratulations, Marlo. You hung in there and you are finally a peach holder you deserve it and I really feel like that is should be motivation for anyone taking the context of housewives out of it 
feel like you've been at your job. You feel like you've been an understudy to somebody. You feel like you've been in the shadow. You feel like the content that you create. Y'all don't feel me. Y'all not hearing me. You feel like the content that you create does not get the spotlight that it is deserving. You is always the friend. Okay. The friend of the show. Continue to produce that content continue to do that great work on your job because listen i truly believe what is for you is for you okay and it's all about timing the timing has to be right and you continue to be consistent with that content you continue to be consistent with turning in on reports showing up on time and being the best you that you can be may not come when you exactly want it but oh baby baby best believe it will be there right on time. And congratulations again to Marlo for being a peach holder in this upcoming season. Now, listen, I said I wasn't going to watch it, but I might I might DVR Atlanta this season and catch it on my off days. OK, because I do want to see what Marlo is giving. Um, and if Marlo is the freak of the week, that means we are coming to an end of another amazing episode. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate you. OK, and if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the Purple Pants podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. OK, you know, my own. Uncle Pookie got the subscription out of his trunk. Hit the subscribe button. Write your baby boy a review. Tell me what you like. Tell me something that you got out of the podcast. I love to see those Apple Podcast reviews. Give your baby boy some five stars. And don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. And just like that, okay, tell them it's a it's a, it's a, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast, you better get your headphones and listen up quick, it's the purple pants podcast, you better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt, it's the purple pants podcast, you trying to unwind, you better get that box wine, it's the purple pants podcast, you trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants.